Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come together so that we can share in your word. We ask that as we prepare to hear your word today uh, and as we prepare to teach your word today, that you would touch our hearts and our minds. You would touch the hearts and the minds of every partner, of every listener, that you would allow Holy Spirit to come in and to literally arrest our thoughts so that everything we hear is filtered through you. Father, we thank you that on today we get to hear revelation knowledge concerning our relationship with you, and we don't take it for granted. So, Father, we ask you right now that everything you desire to do in our life, we yield to it right now in the name of Jesus so that you have free reign and free course to do what you need to do in our lives so that we can become better suited for serving the kingdom of God and serving you. Father, we thank you. We believe we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody who loves God said, amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm super excited to be here this morning. Um, and so I just, I'm excited to get into this teaching. I believe that God has something that he wants to say to us. If the Fellowship of Champions has been a blessing to you, if God has used this church in order to shift you, um, then could you just um, give God some praise and be like, this church has made a difference for me in my life. Listen, Fellowship of Champions has made a difference for me. I'm so thankful that God called us to this work years ago. And so just stop and give the Lord 13 seconds of praise. And we just honor you, God. We bless you. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are great. And I am excited to be here today. And so we're going to start a series today called Growing Into Sonship, Growing Into Sonship. And I want to give you just a little bit of background as we begin to teach this series, because I think that there are things that God is correcting in the body of Christ right now. And I believe that one of the things that God wants to correct in this, in the body of Christ is how we see ourselves. Well, several things, how we see ourselves, how we see him and how we see the church as the church is functioning. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's very important because the Bible tells us in Ephesians, it tells us that the fivefold ministry, the pop, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher and the evangelist is for the perfecting of the saints so that we can grow into maturity mm -hmm. and to do the work of God in the earth. Right. It's very important to understand that when God is saying this through the Apostle Paul, he is not talking about our function within our local church or local ecclesia. He is talking about growing up a body of believers so that we can go in the world and do what we are originally designed to do according to the Genesis 1 mandate, which is to have to be fruitful, to multiply, to subdue, to have dominion and to replenish the earth because God never got away from his original mandate. And mm -hmm. that's super important for us to understand. Now, somewhere we have made a mistake in our understanding of what church is designed to do. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, what we have is we have a lot of believers that have never been encouraged to grow up. We have a lot of believers who have believe accepting Jesus is the end of something instead of the entryway into something. Mm. And so as a result, in Hebrews, it says that when you should be eating meat, you're still drinking milk. And so Pastor Edwin and I, we're very committed to growing up mature sons and daughters in the things of God, because how many of you know that God still has things he desires to do in the earth realm and he's going to do them 
through us, Absolutely. right? And so what we've created is that when we don't encourage people to grow up, we really have created a generation of very, very selfish believers. And what do I mean by that? Those believers believe that praise and worship is designed to make them feel better. Mm. So even when they gather corporately in praise and worship, they don't come in order to create a collective environment. They come in order to draw on what everybody else has brought into the environment. Mm -hmm. They're not a people who believe that they should learn how to effectively pray. But when something goes wrong in their life, they believe that the intercessors and the pastoral leadership team should immediately stop what they're doing and, and, and go to war in order to keep them alive. They don't even see how important their living is to the purpose of God. And so as a result, many believers live very selfish lives. Mm. What do I mean by that? I mean that you don't understand that saying no to your purpose impacts the kingdom. Right. You don't understand that continuing in singing impacts the kingdom. And so we really have, we have, and, and as, as a leader in the body of Christ, I want to apologize to you on behalf of all leadership for allowing you to think that you did not have a responsibility to grow up because we are only as strong as we are collectively. And when we don't grow up, there's so many things that can't be done in the kingdom mm. that God desires to be yes. done, yeah. right? And so that's why this subject was so important to me. And so um, I'm, I'm super excited to dive into this teaching and I think it's gonna challenge us, right? So we have a foundational scripture for this teaching right here. And it is Romans 8 and 14. And it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Mm -hmm. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, the spirit of God, also known as the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the paraclete, the teacher, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, right? And I think that this is this is really going to bless you if you will listen and if you will open yourselves up to really hear some things maybe differently. Maybe you've never heard them before. Maybe you haven't quite heard them like this. And I think it will help position you to be who God has called you to do. Now, we want to do one more round. Listen, with virtual partners, tag your virtual partners that you don't usually see here on this morning. Because let me tell you something, when teaching goes from, from your house, you're responsible for that teaching. Mm -hmm. And we don't want any of our partners to miss this teaching because this teaching really is going to help us understand pastor Edwin set us up so nicely in the resilience teaching because you're never going to grow into sonship if you don't have some resilience if you don't have the ability to be fortified to keep going to keep moving to keep growing and becoming you're never going to become a son right so there are five reasons that we're going to tackle in this teaching Number one, we want to build a foundation of biblical truth regarding our identity as sons of God. Mm -hmm. So we want to lay a foundation that is a, that is not it, it's not your tradition. It's not your denomination. It's not what your mama said. And it's not what you thought. It is a foundation of biblical truth regarding our identity as sons of God. Yep. And then the second reason that we're doing this teaching, this teaching is because we want to establish a framework for understanding how growth occurs in the kingdom of 
God. You read the scripture, Romans 8 and 14, where it says, for as many as are led, led. by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It didn't say for as many as who say they are the sons of God. Mm -hmm. So saying you are a son of God doesn't make you a son of God. We're going to find out what it means to be led by God's spirit. So we want to establish this framework for understanding exactly how that growth occurs in the kingdom. Number three, to provoke us to accept responsibility for our growth into sonship. Mm -hmm. To me, one of the biggest things that we could get in this, that we could leave this series with is people taking responsibility for their own mm -hmm. growth. Mm -hmm. That would to provoke us to accept responsibility for our growth into sonship. There's no greater growth than personal responsibility. Yes. And, and if we can take personal responsibility, it becomes an accelerator for our own development. Yes. Number four, the fourth reason that we want to uh, the fourth thing that we hope you get out of this teaching, this lesson, is we want to challenge. It wants we want to challenge you uh, to engage Holy Spirit to learn our identity and our kingdom assignment. Uh, and we want to make sure that, that that takes place so that we're not confused about why we are doing what we're doing. We don't want people to say, well, so-and-so's doing it that way and someone else is doing it that way. We all have varying purposes. That It's like a puzzle when you put all the pieces together and makes a picture. That's good. And then number five, to reveal to us the importance of our individual sonship in the bigger plans of God. Here we go. To it, reveal to us. See, everybody put this in the comments. Here's your first comment today. It does matter how I live. Mm -hmm. It does matter how I live. It does matter whether I know my destiny. It does matter whether I participate in my destiny or not. It does matter how I live. So I want all our virtual partners, all our first time visitors, all of our friends of the ministries this morning putting in the comments, it does matter how I live. Mm -hmm. It matters how I live, right? So the Bible clearly expresses the heart of Abba for his children to mature and become sons. He never intended for us to just remain babies. Mm -hmm. In the same way that as joyous as it is to have a baby, no one expects their baby to stay a baby. Right. No, as joyous as it is, as exciting as it is to find out that you're pregnant, to adopt the baby, to give birth to a baby, you expect to see, see milestones of growth. Yes. And in fact, when we don't see milestones of growth, we go, we take our kids to the doctor because we want to know why we aren't seeing milestones of growth in the body of Christ. Heaven rejoices when a soul is born again. And, and part of the reason we have milestones is because we have seen throughout history that in development at certain stages, you ought to be at certain points. Come on. That's the reason we can that's the reason we can take our kids to the doctor and say, wait, they missed this three-year-old milestone or this two-year-old milestone. Because we know that over over an entire population sequence. Kids at certain ages hit these milestones. Some may hit them early, some may hit them late, but they hit them. So in the body of Christ, if we got people not hitting milestones, it's because they're not maturing uh, on the growth trajectory that we would expect of them. I love that. And so as a result, someone owes you to have a conversation mm -hmm. with you about the milestones you aren't hitting and to help you to understand that it absolutely does matter how you live. It does play a role in, in the bigger picture that God has. Mm -hmm. And so if we look at our foundational scripture, it tells us in Romans 8 and 14, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they, they are, are the, the sons, sons of God. Yeah. Guys, 
please highlight this in your Bible app. Please highlight this in your Bible. Please write this down somewhere because this really gives us clear insight on sonship. Sons are led by the spirit of God. Yeah, not their emotions. Not their emotions. Not what they can uh, interact with with their five Not senses. what the devil said. That's right. Not how, None of that. Not public opinion. Right. Sons are led by the spirit of God. So one of the ways that you can begin to discern right now, are you actually a son? Is are you led by the spirit of God? Mm. John 1 and 12, it tells us as many as received him, he gave them the power to become sons of God, even those that believe on his name. So the Bible is leaving us clues. Mm -hmm. The Bible is giving us instruction. It's saying, first of all, sons are led by the spirit of God. Yes. Second of all, it's saying that everybody who is born again, everybody who believes on him, believes in Jesus, has the power to become sons. It does not say that everybody who believes in Jesus is a son nor does it say just because you're born again do that you, you become a son of god that's right Being born again makes you a child makes of god. you a child of god and that's right? that, that's not just semantics and we'll talk about we're that. talking about that it, it's not just semantics right and so you need to allow the bible tells us in romans 12 and 2 to be transformed by the renewing of our minds you really need to take authority over the spirit of religion that would say to you it doesn't matter because you're going to see how it matters and i was talking to a friend the other day and i was saying one of the biggest strategies of the enemy has been to to get the body of Christ to believe that growth is not necessary so mm -hmm. we don't have a growth mindset mm -hmm. and so as a result when God should be able to invite us to partner with him to do things there's authority and dominion he cannot give us because of the level of maturity that Absolutely. we walk in Absolutely. Um, I, you know I, I said shared last week that I have um, a new car and it's a uh, what is it? It's a Q8. Is that the name of my yeah. car? Mm -hmm. I have a Q8 and it's a super fast car. And Kanan is 15 and she's going to get a car soon. And she really likes that car. But I would not give that car to Kanan because Kanan is not as experienced enough as a driver to handle a car that is that fast. Mm -hmm. So what Kanan needs is she needs to she needs to have another car that she can train in that she can learn how to manage the weight of one of the things that you say all the time every time you've taught one of our kids to drive even as you're teaching Kanan and Jordan now it's a big responsibility to handle a multi thousand pound vehicle and just because you think you are a good driver doesn't right. mean you are a good driver right. right and so while Kanan may really desire to have that car because she really likes that car it doesn't mean that she is equipped to manage that level of power well and in the kingdom it works the same way why would the father give you that which only a son is supposed to have when you haven't demonstrated responsibility of a son? Come on. He wouldn't give you something that's going to harm you. If you haven't grown into sonship, there are some things that you can't possess, hold, or take or take possession of right now because you haven't displayed the tendencies and the maturity of someone who can handle that. And you know what the Bible tells us? The Bible tells us that the natural is a reflection of the spirit. Mm -hmm. So in the spirit of growth and development, in the natural of growth and development is necessary. I don't know how we got deceived into believing that there was not growth and development that was necessary in the spirit realm. And so as a result, let me just insert this right quick. This is why many times people are making declarations 
situations and nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. This is why many times people are praying prayers and nothing is happening because they have not learned the centurion. We learn from the centurion. He says, I am a man under authority. So I am a man who can use authority. Mm -hmm. There are many people who are trying to use God's authority, but you're not under God's authority. And until you submit yourself and you operate under his authority, you don't have the right to use his authority. Mm -hmm. So Ephesians, I mean, Romans 8 and 19, it tells us for even the whole creation, all of nature mm -hmm. waits expectantly and longs earnestly for the sons to be, for God's sons to be made known, waits for the revealing and the disclosure of their sonship. Mm -hmm. Now, even this lets us know that this is not just about salvation, right. because if this was about salvation, why is all of creation, all of nature still groaning for the manifestation mm -hmm. of the sons of God. All of creation could just look and see that churches were filled all over the nation and stop groaning, yep. right? But we need to understand that when Adam and Eve gave up their dominion in the garden, right, that they didn't just put humanity under the curse of destruction. They put all of creation yes. under the curse. So literally when it says all of creation, it says, listen, the um, the ocean, the tectonic plates, the trees, the clouds, the wind, they are waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God in order to bring them back into their divine mm order. Mm. And I believe that this is a very important thing that people need to realize is that sonship is going to bring us into the place where instead of asking God to come down and do something, we take our right mm. place, go into heaven, operate in our authority and come back in the earth realm and exercise dominion the way that we saw Jesus do. Yeah. I mean, it says that you look at it, the end of that scripture uh, in the Amplified, it says waits for the revealing the disclosure of their sonship, disclosure. the disclosure of their sonship. And I can tell you, uh, having the opportunity to have two sons, there's no greater joy than to see your, your children grow into men who become your sons and carry out assignments as though you would carry them out. Absolutely. It's like a multiplication of yourself. And there's no greater joy than seeing a multiplication of yourself. And that, that, that was always, if you think about it, the intent of the kingdom. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him might live and not and not perish and have everlasting life. Absolutely. Well, what was the reason? Absolutely. He wanted to have multiple sons. Multiple he sons. He gave one son for the multiplication of many sons. So it has to grieve Holy Spirit when we have all of these children and nobody growing into maturity. Well, absolutely. You know this. Pastor Ralph has been with us for 20 years now, almost 20 years now, and listening to him preach. I always have so much joy, right? Because I see his sonship. Mm -hmm. I see him growing up. And it's very interesting to me. I, I can hear him in you. I can hear me in him and I can hear him in mm -hmm. him. And it's beautiful to watch him take from both of us, put his own twist on it, and then come out and walk in his own dominion and authority. Mm -hmm. And because he has sat, see, because I think there's a lot of things people don't realize. Just because you're gifted and talented don't mean you a son. Right. Because the gifts are without repentance. Right. So there are a lot of people who consider themselves to be very good preachers, and maybe you are, but the truth of it is, is that you haven't sat anywhere and become a son, not a son of God, not a son of a house. And so as a result, there is no authority released to you. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to have a proper understanding of who we are, we need to understand God's plans and purpose 
purposes for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So one, let's look at this right here. A kingdom son is not a gender role. In the kingdom, it is not sons and daughters. Mm -hmm. In the kingdom, it is sons. It is a position of authority. Women are sons too. Right. Edwin is a son of God. I am a son mm -hmm. of God. It is not a gender-based position, mm -hmm. right? Because yep. I know sometimes in church, we want to S on everything. We can't just be deacons. We got to be deaconess. We can't just be prophet. We got to be prophetess. Well, we're not sonesses and we're not daughters. <laughs> in the kingdom of God, we are sons because it is a position of authority. We are going into a position of authority. And, and the reason we use that word son, sonship, it, as you said, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with gender. It has everything with, to do with the ability to push out rebellion. Yes. When you talk about somebody having an opportunity, you talk about wrath having a chance to sit under authority. When you're able to sit under authority, then what it does is it pushes out rebellion mm -hmm. in you. You mm -hmm. find people who may be gifted and talented who have never submitted to God. They've never submitted to Holy Spirit. They've never submitted to a man or woman of God who God has placed over them as a spiritual parent or a mentor. Those people typically, no matter how talented they are, have so much rebellion in them Come that, on, that, that the enemy can use them at any turn he wants to sonship is about pushing out rebellion it has nothing to do with gender absolutely and then the second thing is is that sonship it had or we talk about sons it has the ability to operate as god in order to accomplish the will of god it's like i was talking about chase and caleb chase and caleb as they have grown have the ability to do things not just the way I would have done them, but 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 the reasons I would have done them. And so now they're doing things and they're not having to say, Dad, how should I do so and so? They've grown into this state of maturity where they know how to handle certain things and they're handling the thing. Why? Because they sat 20 years watching a father. They, they've sat 20 years growing into becoming sons. And when we are in the kingdom, it's not about how much time you put in, because you can put in 50 years and not be a son, or you can be mm -hmm. in five days mm -hmm. and be a son. Mm -hmm. It's about the position that you take toward the father and how you are being. Remember that scripture says, for those that are led, led by, the, by spirit the spirit of God, God, they are the sons of God. It has nothing to do with timing. It has everything to do with how you're willing to be led and matured and grown up in the things of God. So one, we could take this right here. We could say, number one, if you're rebellious, you're not a son. Mm -hmm. If you're rebellious, you're a child. Mm -hmm. So you can judge yourself right here. If you're rebellious, if you can't take correction from the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. if you can't take correction from your leaders, mm -hmm. you're not a son. Right. You may be a child of God, yeah. but you are not a son of God. Yeah. And so that's very important because this is the kind of crucial conversation we need to have. And then I love what Nietzsche said. How do people become sons? We're going to see Jesus actually teaches us that you watch the father. Mm -hmm. You watch the father. If you want to be a son, you have to watch the father. And listen, I know that some people may be saying I'm a son by faith, but I don't want you to confuse uh, receiving something by faith by what you actually are because rebellious people cannot be sons because rebellious people are actually childish. Mm -hmm. If you are rebellious, it is indication that you are childish. When you are stubborn, when you are, when you are defiant, you are immature. That is what you, when you're still throwing temper tantrums, those are the mark of children. We see, we see toddlers, and teenagers primarily throw, throwing temper mm -hmm. tantrums, right? We don't typically see adults 
throwing temper tantrums. So if you're still throwing temper tantrums when God is asking you to do something, you can use that as a mark to say, I may be growing into sonship, but I'm not standing as a son yet. Well, and that's well, that's just like the, you, know, you, you find that scripture that says that at some point we, we have to grow into the things of God. Mm -hmm. It says, when I was a child, what did I do? I thought as a child. I acted like a child. I, I, I moved in the way of a child. But there came a time where I had to grow up. I had to grow up and I had to become a full grown man. I had, I had to become an individual who put away childish things. And when he's talking about putting away childish good, things, baby. he's talking about all of those behaviors and characteristics that we associate with, with unruly children. And, and so that's important. Well, and, and so, and then number three is that sons are made and promoted according to the father. We don't choose when we are promoted, but we choose to prepare. Mm. Sons are made and promoted according to the father. We don't choose when we are promoted, but we must choose to prepare. Mm. I don't get to decide that I am a son. The Holy Spirit reveals to me that I'm a son. And, but and he I, reveals it to me because I start to be led by because him. Because I start to be <laughs> I don't led want people to by miss him. That. That's the and condition. so I'm going to continue to say this. If you are not led by the spirit, you are not a son right. of God. You are a child of God. And if that aggravates you, let it provoke you to grow up. Mm. Now, here's the thing, which is what makes this teaching so interesting to me, babe, is that now looking back in our years of walking with the Lord, I did not realize that we were on a sonship journey mm. because that's not how we we're taught about it in the church. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that all of these years of training, all of these years of instruction, all of these years of pruning was a sonship journey. He was growing us up, right? Mm -hmm. So in Genesis 1, it reveals the heart of God. He desired to create sons who thought, spoke, and moved like him. Yep. So he created a garden, and then he created a man and a woman from man who reflected the Godhead. And he gave them dominion, power, and authority to rule and reign. Yes. That was God's intent, and sin did not change his That's intent. Right. That's right. Sin did not change. Sin his intent. did not change his intent, right? So it was his heart to see his children operating as sons and expanding his dominion throughout the earth. However, we do know that sin interrupted that pattern. By eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve gave their authority to the devil yeah. and transferred yeah. themselves from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Understand this. Adam and Eve, when they sinned, they didn't just transfer themselves. They transferred all humankind mm -hmm. into the authority. They gave their authority, this authority God had given to them because it was their authority mm -hmm. to do with it what mm -hmm. they wanted to. And they gave that authority to the enemy, translated themselves out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. Right now, at that point. I'm sure Satan thought he had won, mm -hmm. but I just want to tell you, especially for all of y'all who like Marvel, you know, in Marvel, they have alternative universes mm -hmm. and timelines. There is no timeline. Yep. There is no alternative universe where the devil wins. That's right. And you need to know that. There is no altern there is no timeline. And I know that he gets us to make choices in order to try to fragment and to try to keep trying to find a place that he win. But at the end of every line, he is the loser and Jesus is Lord mm -hmm. to the glory of the Father. So don't get twisted by what you see. Understand this that at the end of every timeline, Jesus is Lord, mm -hmm. right? Now, 
it looked like the enemy had won, but according to Revelation 13, there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth on our behalf, mm. right? So now you got to understand that that lamb is Jesus. Turn and tell your neighbor, say that lamb is Jesus. That lamb is that Jesus. Lamb is Jesus. That lamb is he Jesus. was slain before the foundation. You have to understand that God is very strategic. God is not happenstance, right? And so I was thinking about this because I first learned this term from you, but about backwards design and education. So you want to talk about how God used backwards design. Well, it's, it's just the idea that God always begins with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, backwards design is the same way. If you want a student to know something, you got to figure out what is the path to get them to know that and then work, work your way backwards. So Absolutely. God does the same thing in the kingdom. God, God already saw all of us winning. Yes. He already saw all of us living our best life. He already saw all of us healed. He already saw all of us delivered. He already saw all of us not living in torment. Teach. And so because he already saw all of that, all he did was, was take those steps backwards Come on. to where we are now. So he says, now, if you'll be led by my spirit, I will lead you into everything I've already seen that works out for your behalf. And I love that because in Ephesians 2, it says that he has many paths. Mm. So the many paths God went to, because you have to understand, this is so important that we understand. In order for God to create someone who looked like him, he had to give them choice. Mm -hmm. So if he gave you choice, he had to take into consideration that you could not choose him. So he had to look at every timeline in which every path that you could not choose him and have a way for you to come back home. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, you can always come back home. You can, home. Always, you come can home. always come back home. And I know the enemy wants you to think that you've gone too far. It's too late. You've made too many mistakes. States, but you can come back home because he looked at every single point that you could choose that you could not choose him and found a way to connect you back mm -hmm. to him. Now, this is really important because we see we know that God has lots of names, yes. right? But this is very important that we understand this. God created a people that people look like him. He gave them choice, right? And yes, God is our father. But the title that God owns that we really need to understand is that he is king of all. Yeah. Say king of all. He's king of all. He is king of all. This is why I want to walk you through it because I want you to understand this. This is the reason sin is an affront to God. Mm -hmm. Sin is an affront to God because he is king of all. Sin is actually treason. Mm -hmm. And I need you to elevate in your thinking what sin is. Sin is actually treason. That's why in Romans 6, it says the wages of sin is death. Because in every government, wherever treason is committed, the penalty for treason is what? It's death. It is death. What is treason? Treason is an attempt to overthrow the government. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand that sin is actually treason. Mm. You need to understand that when Adam and Eve sinned, the penalty should have been death. Mm -hmm. That when we sin, the penalty should have been death. So God, because he loved us so much before the foundation of the earth, he slayed the lamb himself so he would not have to kill us if we committed treason. But but because we committed treason, because Adam and Eve committed treason, there had to be a blood 
atonement for that because treason by definition the punishment is death the punishment so is jesus death. became our punishment so that we didn't have to go through what it is that we really deserve that's right and i really need you to sink into this and understand this that when adam and eve sinned although they did not physically die what did die was their spiritual perception before Adam and Eve sinned, they saw everything like God mm -hmm. saw it. And then when they sinned, they saw everything from a world perspective like the devil saw it. So when we are born again, then the job of the Holy Spirit is now to reverse that yes. and to take us back to the yes. Genesis 1 where we see things the way God does. Yes. But I think this is important. Now, before we go on, I really want you to understand this. I want you to put this in the comments. Sin is treason. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to understand this because I think we that I think we treat our sin too lightly. Because we say God is a good God. He is, but he's still king of all. And when we don't see sin as treason and we don't see sin as an affront to God, then we don't desire for God to purify us and to let the Holy Spirit do the work in, in us that would cause us to change. What we do is we begin to say things like, I'm just human. I'm just keeping it real. Everybody has something, but he has translated us out of that kingdom of darkness and we can live above sin. But until our hearts begin to develop, because this is also a journey into sonship. See, you can't be a son when your sin doesn't bother you. Right. Right. You can't be a son when your sin doesn't bother you, when you're reckless about your sin, when you don't feel any conviction about your son. Another way to know whether you are a son or not is that if you don't feel anything when you injure God, when you attempt to overthrow him, you're not a son. Well, and in the natural, right? In the natural, there are just certain things that we may have done, but we would never have done them in our mama's house. We, we, there, there are certain things we may have done. There are certain things we may have said, but we knew that when we was in mama's house, we weren't going to do that. Why? Because we understood, even if we didn't understand it uh, intellectually or could articulate it, we knew that in mama's house, there were certain standards and we didn't want to be disrespectful to mama. Well, sin is the same thing. If you don't see sin as treason, if you don't see sin as your opportunity to try to usurp God's authority, then you will take it lightly. But if you start to think, man, every time I participate in sin, that is literally me saying I'm being disrespectful in daddy's house. It'll Ooh. change how you think about things. It'll change Ooh. how you do things because you know that in the natural, there's certain things you wouldn't say or do. I'm a, I'm a 49 year old grown man. And there are certain things I might do in my house and I wouldn't do in my mama's house if she didn't want them done. Why? Because I don't want to be disrespectful to my mama. Well, if I don't want to be disrespectful to my earthly father, my earthly mother, why in the world would I want to be disrespectful to my heavenly father? Well, But I, I want to say this. Some people, the reason that they struggle with being submitted to God is that they don't even follow the natural order. Because in reality, 
society, if your mama don't drink, why would you drink in her house? Mm -hmm. If your mama don't cuss, why would you cuss in front of her? See, if you are so disrespectful and dishonorable and rebellious. Well, let's just be honest. You may on. be you may be right now shacking with somebody. But if you go to your big mama house, you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend or whoever go sleep in different rooms in big mama house. Why? Because you don't shack at big mama. Now, house. listen, I'm, I'm a, we <laughs> talked about this yesterday. I'm going to tell on us. I'm going to tell on us. So. Pastor Edwin and I, we weren't pastors then, but we lived together for three months before we got married. Mm -hmm. And number one, when we went to my grandmom's house, my grandmom said, I don't care what y'all do at y'all house, but Sean, when y'all come here, Sean, you go go stay at your mom's house and Edwin, you go stay here, right? And this is what she told me. She said, I know you say you getting married on August 3rd, on 20th, but let me tell you this. She said, on August 20th, if you ain't married to Edwin Strickland, what you gonna do is move out that house if I have to move you myself. Yeah. She said, I don't care what y'all do up there in Conway. You not bringing that mess in my house. We were laughing about that just yesterday. And she didn't care to you. She didn't care nothing about no reason that we did it because no, we didn't we want to have two no, reasons. She didn't care she nothing, care nothing, nothing about, about that. that. But she you know what? Every time we went to Fortnite, you know where I stayed up the street. You know where you stayed down at your grandma. And house. listen, and 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 at midnight she sent me home. Yeah. At midnight she said, "Now, Sean." <laughs> you need going up to you need going up to pet house and you need going to lay down now because right. um, you ain't gonna be up in here right. doing this. And I'm about to go to bed, so you about to go to bed. And I, I'm about to go to bed, so you about to go to bed. And some of you, you need to get honor back because yeah. you're you're not honorable to God. Mm -hmm. You're not honorable to your boss. You're not honorable to your pastor. You're not honorable to your husband. You're not yep. honorable to your wife. The reality of it is, I love it, take it back, bring it back, Leanne. That is why the number one rule in the kingdom is total submission. Mm -hmm. And in reality, some of you have been deceived by the enemy in believing that because you feel a way, because you desire a thing, because you want a thing, you have a right to live any kind of way. Yep. And God will honor your choice, but you will never be promoted in the kingdom living any kind That's of way. Right. That's exactly right. Hey Amen. Where are we? Oh, now, this is where everybody who knows that they have committed treason, you ought to just stop and pray to the Lord. Mm -hmm. I just want to thank you that I did not get what I deserved. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you that Jesus shed his blood for me so that I could even be restored. Because in reality, I want us to stop and think about this. Most of us don't ever want to take anybody back who betrayed us. Yep. If you think they that's betrayed true. you, you ain't got to know they yeah. betrayed you. You just got to think because all the pieces don't fit right. That's why in the natural, the penalty for treason is what is death. Because if you betray the king, if you betray the kingdom, you can't be trusted. And everybody Ooh. who sided with you must be annihilated Ooh. because you can't have that poison mm. infiltrating the kingdom. Mm. And, and 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 that and that's what the enemy wants to do, little by little, on the inside of us. He wants us to sin, to participate in that sin, so that that so that that penalty of treason can be in us, so that it kills mm. and poisons us individually. And then if we are poisonous, everybody we come in contact with, whether we know it or not, we eventually end up poisoned. So what I hear you saying is that my treason can impact you. It can only bring death to you. Yes. So what I hear you saying is that no matter how grown I am, my rebellion, my treason doesn't just impact me. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So, so it is clear how God wants his family to live and he wants his family to look and he wants us to look like 
him. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be a reflection of him. And we know that this, this desire for something to look like us came from God. I watch people all the time on Facebook calling somebody they mean to me does not they look like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that kid don't even look like you. Why? Because if you produce something, you expect that thing to have something that looks like you. That's See, true. the deception of religion is that you should not look like God. God. When the kingdom is that you ought to look like God, yep. you ought to look like whoever you're looking at. Yep. So today, do you know who you look like? Whoever you looking at. Mm. You look like whoever you looking at, mm. whoever you, whatever you're beholding, that's what you're becoming. So if you are beholding rebellion, if you are beholding dishonor, if you are beholding the flesh realm, if you are beholding yourself as an idol, that's what you look like. But sons look at the father for the intent of becoming like him. Mm -hmm. That is one of the reasons every one of our kids, not just the boys, get so much pleasure. Last week when we were teaching about cleaning the kitchen, Tamara and Chris lived with us for years. And Tamara said, to this day, in my own house, I still clean my kitchen like my dad because of what he taught me. If you are a born-again believer, we ought to know it. Mm, if know you it. are a born-again believer, we ought to know we it. We ought to know And it. I told you the other day, I said, it is a shame how many people who confess to be born-again believers are so content looking like the devil, mm -hmm. looking like your old daddy. You say you've been translated out and into, but you still look like your old daddy, and you excited about it. Y'all put this in the comments. Say, God is not my stepdaddy. God is not my stepdad. God, listen, I know you were born of, 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 a, of a sinful father, but God is not your step. You have been adopted. <laughs> Praise God. You got a last name change. God is not just your stepdaddy. And too many people are participating, interacting with God like he's just a stepfather. And, and I want to just make a real pop culture for you. And the results came back and the blood revealed that God is 100% your father. <laughs> you are the, he you, is he, the father. Abba is the father he is the father and so you ought to look like your mm -hmm. father put this in the comments with all the other stuff you put i ought to look like my father mm -hmm. i ought to look like my father you ought to be you people should be able to tell camp street people should be able to tell fellowship of champions yep. people should be able to tell people who belong to god even if they don't know God, they ought to say it's something different about they you. Ought to be able to they ought to be able to say it's something different about yep. you. You ought to look like your father because God is not your stepdaddy. He is 100% according to Maury and the blood. He <laughs> is your father. Amen. You ought to look like your father. Amen. All right. Amen. There you go. And so let's start to talk about this journey uh, to sonship. How do we how do we get there? Uh, there are some steps uh, that are necessary in order to get us to this place. And we may not get to, to even all of these today, but we want to talk about a couple of them. And let's talk about number one. And Pastor kind of alluded to it. Number one, if you are going to ever journey to be a son, it begins with you being born again. And we've talked about this a lot. There are a lot of people who, who've grown up, especially in the South, you've grown up going to church. You've grown up going to vacation Bible school. You've grown up 
going to BTU or YPWW or whatever your church had for youth groups. You've grown up, you sat in church. You may have even left your church and went to college and found a church like your church and went there. But the question really is, is have you been born again? Have you given your life? Have you decided that not only is Jesus the son of God, not only did he die for the remission of your sins, not only did he get up again with all that power in his hands, but have you submitted your life to that authority? Yes. Have you submitted your life to that authority? Are you born again? Because this is how we escape the rule of the enemy. And this is how we place ourselves under the authority and the dominion of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, our Messiah. If you are not born again, that is the number one thing you must do in order to begin to take this journey That's toward good. becoming a son. When you are born again, you become a child of God. That's, that's step number one. You can't be a son without being a child. Nothing wrong with being a child. What's wrong is staying a, staying child. a child. But you become a child of God when you get born again. And then that's why the Bible says that we grow into maturity of the things of Christ because we want to grow into our sonship. So number one, got to be born again. And I think that it's something that we failed to properly, we didn't properly communicate this when people were getting saved accepting jesus is rejecting the devil it is accepting jesus is rejecting it's the not devil. cohabitation it is not I don't get to have god and the devil and use the one that i think is best whenever it's necessary the bible says it like this you cannot have two masters yes he says you will either love one and hate the other or you will love this one and hate the other one but you cannot serve them both that's and so, so we, we realize that, that when we get born again, and here's the reality, when we cry out to Jesus, most of us, if we're honest, we cry out to Jesus because everything else we think was working hadn't been working. Mm -hmm. Most of us don't just come into the knowledge that that's what we should do. We've had some trauma associated because that's what the enemy is. He's all about trauma. So he brings this trauma to us That's and then good, we eventually baby. get this revelation that there's got to be something better. We get introduced to who the better is. We cry out to the better and say, better come into my life. But then better comes into our life. And when better comes into our life, then things get better. And then some reason we think, OK, well, now it's better. I did this on my own. You didn't do this on your own. You didn't, you got rescued. That's why the Bible says in Colossians 1 and 13, look at this. It says he has rescued us completely, completely. from the, from, and I can't say that word. What is it? Tyrannical, tyrannical. <laughs> the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. I'm not sure what translation that is, but if you read in the King James, he basically passion. says, the pa passion okay. translation. He, I, I knew it was a different translation. He basically says it like this. He says, look, God has rescued you from the, from the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. He said, God took you out of darkness and put you in the light. So why in the world would you leave light to go back to see what darkness had? Darkness didn't have anything for you, which is why you was crying out for light. Come on. Darkness had nothing for you. Come it's on. why you were crying out for light. He rescues you out of the kingdom of darkness in all of his horrible rule. And he translated you into the kingdom realm of his beloved son, which is light. And he says, so why would you leave then light to go back searching for darkness? 
Well, oh man, this is so good. It's so good. Is this making sense to you? Do you understand? Because see, we have to let the word become real to us. It says it. we were translated. At, so Adam and Eve sin translated us out of the kingdom of God into the kingdom of mm-hmm. darkness. Accepting Jesus, his blood sacrifice, it translates me out of darkness into light. Mm-hmm. The problem is that many of us come into light and still believe that darkness is bigger than the light. So literally, that's why believers say things like, I can't stop doing X. No, I've been translated out of. I don't, but the devil, the devil ain't my daddy no more. Mm-hmm. I don't belong to him anymore. That's why 2 Corinthians says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have missed understanding that to be born again means to be new. Somebody say, I am new. I am new because until you begin to see yourself as new, you will never press by faith into the newness. And so you will be a born again believer who remains a child because you're okay with the fact that you're still cussing. You're okay with the fact that you're still fornicating. You're st- you're okay with the fact that you can't manage your moves because you think that's the best it is. Mm-hmm. I am new. And that's why accepting Jesus Christ is literally it is literally severing the ties and connections from our old day to our new day. It's it's to repent for sin, yep. for rebellion, yep. for treason. It is to thank God for giving us yep. a chance and saying, we thank you for letting us come back. Because as you said earlier, tre- the penalty for treason it's is death. death. And you need to understand why the enemy really hates you. Understand that when the enemy tr- did what Adam and Eve did, he was separated from yeah, God. Yeah. He didn't he get was, a second chance. He didn't get a second chance. But God so loves humanity that he was like, these are my children and I want, and anybody who got And kids, that infuriates the devil. It infuriates it the devil. He the, can't the, stand the, you for it. It's, it's that whole idea of what is man that you are so mindful of him. Why would you, why would you send your son to die for them? When, when, it, when the Bible says that when the, when, the, when the enemy had the thought that he would be like God, he found himself in the pit. He found himself on earth in a place that, 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 that was not intended away for him. Away from the presence of God. Away from the presence of God. Ooh, and then what did God do? God took us. He took us and he, he gave us the ability to be like him and literally put us in the earth. We ought to be terrorizing the devil, not the devil terrorizing Absolutely. us. Absolutely. And that's what sons do. Sons terrorized the devil. Yes. When Jesus would show up in a place, the devils would start crying out and say, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! Are you? What are you? Are you here for me?" He'd be like, "No, I didn't come for that right now." And keep your mouth closed. The devil should not be running you out of your home, out of your job, out of your body, premature death, all of that different stuff. But as long as you remain a child, and as long as you remain, see, one of the things that Chandra taught us, Minister Chandra taught us, is that the enemy is a legalist. Mm-hmm. So when the enemy can terrorize you, he has some legal authority Mm -hmm. to you because even though you've been translated out of because you continue to agree with his kingdom he has access to you Mm -hmm. but Jesus says this powerful thing that's a part of my goal he says when the enemy came for him he says there is none of him in me that should be the goal of every believer that there is none of him in me purify me transform me change me but there is none of him in me we should not you used to use this illustration about how who would drink a cup of 
crystal water mm -hmm. with crystal clear mountain spring fresh water with one drop of sewer in it. Yep. And nobody in our church ever volunteered. Nope. You should not be content with one drop of the enemy mm -hmm. stealing you. You should recognize him for the terrorist as he is. You should recognize that when he gets you to agree with him, he has just brought you into agreement with his covenant to steal, kill, and destroy. And then he uses your agreement to bring destruction in your life. But it starts with you must be born again. Well, and that's why the word of God says that we are drawn away by the lust of our own flesh whatever he the only reason he can draw us away is because he identifies something in us like him mm. so when i say lord mm. i don't want anything to be in me that's like him all i wanting all i only thing i want to be drawn away by is what is is what is in you lord that's so, right so what's in you lord i want that in me so when i'm drawn somewhere i'm drawn to you not from you do y'all understand how differently you will approach your relationship with God with that? Instead of coming into a place, making excuses for your sin, making excuses for your transgression, making excuses for your iniquity, you begin to say to the Lord, I don't want this. Yep. I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want to be this moody. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a fornicator. I don't want to struggle with fornication. I don't want to with, with pornography. I don't want to give in to fear. I don't want this. I give you permission to come and get this. This is not me. This is not my identity. And one of the big challenges for a lot of yeah. believers, the reason they yeah. can't get free, is that you identify with your old daddy more than your new. Mm -hmm. You identify, you identify as being depressed. You identify as being angry. You identify as being a whoremonger, as being a person who curses people out. But the Bible says you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to step into sonship, you've got to own your new identity. Amen. 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 And part of the way that you have to do that is step number two. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost because the truth of it is, and the Pharisees and Sadducees show us this, the word without the spirit only produces religion. Yeah. The word without the spirit only produces religion. Yeah. They studied the scripture day in and day out, but they did not recognize Jesus mm -hmm. when he showed up. So we need the Holy Spirit because we've taught this before because the Holy Spirit, he has an IEP plan, an individualized education plan for every one of us. Mm -hmm. He knows the journey to purify us. Yep. He knows the journey to make this new thing that has happened in our spirit become the new thing that happens in our flesh. So we have to surrender to the Holy Spirit and let him lead. Absolutely. We got to let Absolutely. him lead, which goes into, oh, Romans 8 and 16. I don't want to skip over that scripture. The spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There's an error in that. It should say the spirit bears witness with our spirit mm -hmm. that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he's even the seal that identifies. He is even the seal that identifies that we belong to God. Ephesians 1 and 15 says, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So God did not adopt us for us to be slaves. God did not adopt mm. us to treat us as stepchildren. He adopted us to be sons through Jesus Christ. 
He made himself a son, became a human being so that he can reconcile us and get us back to the place of sonship. Amen. But number three, so number one, you got to do what? Yep. Be born again. Yep. Number two, you got to do what? Be filled, Be filled with, the with the Holy Spirit. Yep. And number three, and this is the place where so many believers drop it. You must submit to training. Mm. That means you're gonna have to you're gonna have to put your own pride and your own will and your own what you know and and all of that, and you're gonna actually have to be willing to be a lifelong learner. A lifelong learner. You can't assume that you know it all because you didn't heard twelve messages, mm -hmm. and now you know everything there is to know from Genesis to Revelation. You must be ever learning. You must be ever learning, y'all. This is so. I hope this is as good as y'all to y'all as this is to me. Why aren't we immediately made sons? Because sons have authority and we must grow into our new life in the kingdom. Mm. We have come from a kingdom where rebellion against God is the norm. Mm -hmm. Before you are born again, you live in a kingdom where rebellion against God is the norm. And this would help everybody to grow up. All of us come from a kingdom. Nobody's exempt. We come from a kingdom where rebellion against God is the norm. We know how to rebel. Mm. We instinctively rebel. Rebellion is in our brain pathways and how we respond to God. So then the blood cleanses us and our spirit is made new, but our soul still has all of that rebellion in the brain. Mm. The way we mm. argue with God, the way we justify what we want to do, rebellion is in our brain. That is why the Bible says in Romans 12 and 2, be transformed by, by the renewing of your mind. So we use the word and we use the training in uh, we use the training in the Holy Spirit to build new pathways in our brain mm -hmm. where rebellion isn't the norm, but obedience mm -hmm. is right. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand that we're born again. And depending on how long you've been in the kingdom, not only not only were you rebellious outside of the kingdom, you bought your rebellion into, into the, the kingdom. kingdom. So now you've become conditioned with going to church and still being rebellious, fasting on Tuesday and still being rebellious, mm. bringing your tithe and still being rebellious. And so now what you have to do is you have to let the word and the training of the Lord build new pathways in your brain so that it becomes easier to obey than to disobey. Absolutely. 100% because if you don't do that, you spent years, whether you knew it or not, developing your flesh. So your flesh will become extremely strong and it's not just going to yield and give up. It's been in charge all of this time. It's been able to decide what it wants, when it wants it how it wants it and where it wants it for all of these years. And now all of a sudden it's just supposed to take a back seat. No, you're going to have to train up your spirit while simultaneously denying your flesh. That is how you make the switch to, to become good, spirit led rather than being fleshly led because you can be born again and still be being led by your flesh. Why? Because you haven't had a chance or you don't take the opportunities to the Bible says we have to crucify our flesh. How often? Daily. 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 So every day I've got to be crucifying this flesh and simultaneously strengthening 
my knowledge of who God is, which strengthens my spirit, man. That's so good. That's so good. Can you guys understand this? Can you see how maybe the enemy had you deceived, how maybe you had cover over your eyes and you didn't realize that, yes, you love God, but here's really what your flesh tried to trick you into doing. Your flesh said, oh, we saved now. Mm -hmm. So we can be saved and do what we want to do. Because, oh. because the flesh doesn't want to yield, doesn't want to yield authority. I mean, we see this when, when Paul says this in Romans 8, 5 and 8, he says, they that are after the flesh, what do they do? They, they do mind or pay attention to the things of the flesh. Way. But they that are after or those who look like the spirit, they do the same thing. They mind the things or follow after the things of the spirit. He says, for to be carnally minded is what? Death. death. But why, why is to be carnally minded death? Because treason is dead. Because treason because is dead. Because sin is dead. So if sin is dead and sin is treason and treason is dead, then to be carnally minded, to be opposite minded of God is dead. So to be opposite minded of God is treason. Some of you need to put that in your Bible so you will see it. Sin is not this light thing. It is treason. And many of us are in. That's how you know how much God loves us, how much mercy he has, yes. how long suffering it is, because many of us understand that in the in, in the Old Testament, if a priest went behind that curtain mm -hmm. and he was not pure, the fire of God would burn him up and take him into dust. But because of Jesus, God sees us through the eyes of Jesus. But that does not mean we should still continue to entertain this rebellion and this treason. And not only do we do it, but some of us are so proud of it. Well, they took sin so seriously that the priests would tie um, a, a, a rope around their waist so that when they went into mo into the most holy of places, in the event that they weren't clean, in the event that they had made an atonement for their sins properly, the Bible lets us know that they would drop dead and, would, and no one dared to enter. So they, they would, would use the rope to pull, pull them, out. them out. That's how serious they took sin. So when Paul is teaching here in Romans 8, 5 and 8, he says, listen, for to be carnally minded is death. But then he didn't stop there. He said, but to be what? Spiritually minded. minded it brings life. what? Life and that word peace shalom which we know means what nothing missing and nothing broken he says why is this so he says because you're a carnal man your flesh nature the part of you that still identifies with your old dad the devil he says that part of you is enmity against god come on he says for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can it be. He says, so don't spend time trying to get your flesh to agree with God. Crucify that thing. Crucify your flesh. Kill that flesh. Kill your flesh. Every single day, kill that flesh and take the opportunity to, 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 to feed and to grow your spirit man. He says, because that carnal mind, it's going to always fight against God. It's not your friend. It is not your friend. He said, it's not your friend. He says, so then they that are in the flesh, what? Cannot. Please God. Ever. Now, what do we see that other thing that says you cannot please God? In, it Hebrews? Says in Hebrews 11, when he says that if you are not in faith, you cannot please God. Why? So if I don't, if I don't, if I don't have faith, I can't please God. If I'm in my flesh, I can't please God. Why? Because we said it earlier. Sin is treason. So if I am in my flesh, hear me. 
if I'm in my flesh, I can never be in faith. I could never be in faith. I cannot be in my flesh because my flesh is always enmity against God. So people wonder why they live a life of sin. And I'm not just talking about missing the mark. I mean, they, 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 they live they, a, they life, live a of life of sin. sin. And then they wonder when they make confessions and they make declarations, things don't come to pass because you cannot please God in your flesh. You cannot please God where there is no faith. You can have no faith where flesh is abandoned. This is so, guys, how, how can you apply this to your life? How can you apply this to your life? See, you need to understand that every day you get up and continue in rebellion, you are making your spirit man stronger. We every day. We must submit to the training. And I realized this for years, that what God has been doing is training us. I want to get into um, where are we going next from now, babe? Where we go next? Path to sonship, if you want to talk about it. Let's talk about that right quick. Okay. So there's a path to sonship. There's a path to sonship. And we want to talk about this. We're going to come back and teach about this for several weeks because we believe that this teaching is instrumental to what God is doing in the earth. Because what God is doing in the earth, he can't do with babies. Mm. He's looking for some sons. And many of you need to repent to the Lord because you have been in the kingdom too long to still be this immature, to still be this rebellious, to still be this disobedient, to still be debating whether you're going to obey God. So let's talk about the path mm. of sonship. The path of sonship, it is step number one. Where does everybody start? They start as a child slash servant slash slave. Mm. That's the step one. Everybody starts there. Child slash servant slash slave. And remember, we don't even start there until we first get born. Again. You don't even start there. <laughs> you got to give you, you got to give your life to Christ to be considered a child of God. What are you before you um, then? You just the creation of yep. God. Right. You, so you want to be a child of God. You have to give your life. And so the path to sunshine is we start as a child servant slave. This makes sense to anybody who's raised kids. When your kids are little, you don't get feedback from them. Mm. You expect them to follow instructions without feedback. Philippians 2, 5 through 11, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of mm. God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled, humbled himself, himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has also exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus is the Lord is Lord the, to the glory of the father. Right? So understand this. Even Jesus had to go through this train. Mm -hmm. How do we know that Jesus had to go through this train? When Jesus is 12 years old, he goes and he leaves his parents, his natural parents, and he's in the temple teaching. And his mother, after three days journey, comes back to the temple and basically says, boy, what in the world are you doing? <laughs> Where have you been? Where have you been? We have been worried, sick looking for you. He looks at his mother. He says to his mother, did you not know I would be about my father's business? And his mama said to him, I don't know nothing about that. But your mama said you about to come home. And Jesus, in all his godness, got himself up and went back 
to live under the submission of Mary because even though he was a son, he was growing into sonship and even Jesus had to start as a child servant slave. So he did what his mother told him and to do. And the Bible says he humbled himself. He humbled which himself. Which means he had to take a position to say, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing so to do this. So when it comes to being a son of God, in order to make that journey from a child to going a steward and then becoming a true son, there are going to be opportunities along the way that you can make the decision you're not going to do. it. And because God loves us, he doesn't force us to do it. But if you don't learn the power of humility, if you don't learn the power to humble yourself when you think you know the right thing to do and God says something different. If you don't learn to humble yourself when you think you know the right way to go, but the man or woman of God that God has assigned you to, out of your own mouth, you call them spiritual mom. You call them spiritual dad. You call them your mentor. But when they say something you don't like, if you don't learn the power to humble yourself, you will never grow in this unchanged. And I think that this is so important because Jesus, can you imagine this? Jesus is 12 years old. And the teachers are blown away by the revelation he had. Mm -hmm. He is in there schooling them. And his mama say, Jesus, come on back to this house. And he had been schooling them because it took him a day and a half to go where they was coming, a day and a half to get back. And and, and Jesus said, and Mary said, um, come on back to this house because I don't know what you out here doing, but what you're about to do is come on back to this house and help Joseph build his tent or whatever she told him to do. <laughs> and he did. Now, then we see, so for the from the time Jesus was 12 to the time he was 30, what was he doing? Training in sonship. Yep. How do we know? Because in Matthew 3, 13 through 17, when Jesus is baptized by John, yep. John did not want to baptize yep. Jesus, but Jesus said, you must do it yep. because it is a part of the sonship process. Mm -hmm. When Jesus is baptized by John, the Bible says that they saw the spirit descend on mm -hmm. him like a dove and the, and the heavens opened up and the father said, remember point three, mm -hmm. the father determines the time of promotion, yep. not yep. us. And the father says, this, this is my son, son in whom I am well pleased. If you understand Jewish culture, you would understand that when a son reached the age of maturity, mm -hmm. the father would take the son to the city gate and he would say those words, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He was saying to the city gate, this son has the ability to operate on my behalf. When yeah. God spoke that yeah. over Jesus, he said to all of yeah. creation, yeah. recognize him just like you recognize me. Mm. Mm. But that didn't happen at three. That's good. And that didn't happen at seven. Mm. And it didn't happen at 12. Mm. And it didn't happen at 21. Mm. Jesus had been on the backside being trained in sonship. There are parts of Jesus' story in humility and obedience that we don't know, but we know that he graduated because God is a Jewish God. Mm. So he followed the Jewish culture, mm. which was to declare to all of creation, my son can conduct business on my behalf. That's good. Why would God have ever given Jesus permission to conduct authority business on his behalf if Jesus couldn't obey his mom? Mm. If Jesus couldn't obey his mama, right? So this is what we need to understand. Let's look at Galatians 4, 1 through 2, New Living Translation. It says, think of it this way, because if Jesus had to be trained, so do we. Mm -hmm. So think of it this way. 
If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off until, than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father has set. Mm -hmm. Now, in that scripture, Paul is actually talking about having to obey the law. Mm -hmm. Well, who is our guardian now that determines we are ready for sonship? The Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. We have to obey our guardian until the Holy Spirit said they qualify for sonship. Yep. They can be trusted. They have the heart of the father. They know what to do. They will do what you tell them to do. And then we get that stamp where then heaven and earth begins to respond to us the way they respond to God. And hear me, I get it. I, we we just want to keep building on what we know. Do declarations have their place? Absolutely. They do have their place. But understand that that's the reason that so many times it takes so many of us to get anything done. Why? Because no person has the, uh, the authority in order to produce it. Because if you aren't a son, all of heaven and earth doesn't have to respond to you. And, and I want to let people know when sort of no one walks away confused from this teaching. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect no, in order before no. you declare a son. No. That's not what this means. You can be a son in different areas Yes, because we're always all growing and becoming. And there are some areas you mature in faster than other areas, just like in the natural. There are some areas that your kids are more mature in than certain things. They may be more mature with taking care of their chores than they are with their finances. But that doesn't mean you don't treat them. Uh, that don't mean you treat them like as a child until they perfect everything. We're always growing and becoming. And when you hear this thing about sonship, I go back to that scripture. We start at the very beginning. The question becomes, are you being led by the spirit of God? Because if you're being led by the spirit of God, then you are a son of God. But if you find yourself being led by your own will, mind, emotions, and everything else, then you have to say, wait a minute, there are some areas where I haven't grown into sonship, and I need to grow into it. And then Holy Spirit will confirm for you. Yes. You can ask, the, the one thing the Holy Spirit cannot do is lie. You can ask Holy Spirit, am I a son of God? He would show up tell you. Am I a son of God in this area? Yes. Am I a son of God in this area? No. no. He'll tell you in the places he tell you, no, don't argue with it. <laughs> Just say, okay, show me how I can be a son in these areas. So once you get from being a child, then the next area is stewardship. Stewardship. Stewardship is when you have the management mm -hmm. of something, right? We give, when you're trying to decide if you're going to buy your kid a car, you let them manage your car mm -hmm. to see if they can bring your car back. Can they put gas in it? Can they drive it responsibly? Management. We've talked about stewardship, so we're not going to drop into that right now because we just want to get these out. Child, steward, and then, so stewardship is really management, but here's the thing we need to understand. In the kingdom, in Matthew 25, it tells us God gives us according to our ability. Mm -hmm. So whatever we have now, it is what we have shown we have the ability to manage. Mm -hmm. So if we want to be able to manage more, we have to be faithful where we are. Tell your neighbor, say, be faithful where we are. Be, be faithful, faithful where, where you, you are. are. Be faithful where you are. So many times we are asking God to level us up in something. He's like, be faithful where you are. Be faithful with the management. And here are some things that he looks for faithfulness in. And I just want to give them to you right quick. He looks at your faithfulness to Holy Spirit and how you manage yourself. 
How do you manage your body? How do you manage your mouth? How do you manage your heart? How do you manage your soul? Do you treat yourself as a living sacrifice or do you live according to yourself? Stewardship. How do we treat others? Do we treat others in alignment with the kingdom? Gifts. What are we doing with our gifts, talents, and abilities? Peter 14 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. How faithful am I being with the gift that I have right now? Money. How faithful am I with my money? And can God trust me with my money right where I am to do what he tells me to do? And obedience. So those are some of the areas some of you may study and God may show you other areas, but God test our faithfulness to see our stewardship. How do I manage myself? How do I manage others? How do I manage my gifts? How do I manage my money? And how do I manage my obedience? Those are areas that you could bring up to the Lord before him and say, Lord, listen, because stewards always have someone who gives them. If you work for a company, they give you an evaluation, right? Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will give you an evaluation. Like you said, you can say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, how am I treating myself? Am I presenting myself as a living sacrifice? Holy Spirit, how am I treating others? Holy Spirit, what am I doing with my gifts? Am I using my gifts the way the Father intended for me to? Holy Spirit, my money. Holy Spirit, obedience. What are you saying to me about obedience that I'm still not doing? How can I grow in this area? And while it may not seem like a big deal to many of you, we don't understand that until we begin to get proficient in these things, we end up operating as children. One big thing to take back from Matthew 25 is that when he gave each one of them the talent, the Bible says he gave them talents according to their ability. Right. He gave one, 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 three, and one, five. And the one who had five treated it well, multiplied it, and made it 10. The one who had three did the same. And the one who had one, he buried it. And what God actually said to him is, or what the Lord said to him is, listen, basically you're a wicked and an unrighteous servant. And what really happened to him is that he went back and was demoted back to being a child mm -hmm. again. Management, stewardship means, and when I trust you, that you're going to treat this like I would treat this. Well, and we see this in the natural. You know, when you start to talk about a child, a steward, and a son, you, you see this in the natural. You can literally have something that belongs to you. You can have a little child that comes to your house and the little child will ask to play with it. You'll let the little child play with it. And someone else will come and it, and it still belongs to you. And you will tell that you'll tell that little child who's being a steward over the thing you gave them. Hey, let so and so play with that. And they will get all upset because somebody else wants to play with the thing that doesn't even belong to them. That's, that's what good. that's what happens when you go from being a steward back to being a child. And we see that in life. It happens with the tithe. <laughs> the tithe doesn't belong to you. God will say, I need you to do this with the tithe. And you will throw a fit about why you got to give money to that church. Why you got to do this? Why you got to do that? Why I got to bless so-and-so? Why I got to so-and-so-and-so? I thought you just said last week that God owns everything and you own nothing. Well, if God owns everything and you own nothing, whatever God asks you to do with those resources, a steward, someone who's progressed from being a child to at least being a steward, understands that I'm just a manager I'm and I manager. distribute as according to the owner. When you get to that level of maturity, then you become a candidate to be promoted to son. 
Absolutely. But as long as you're behaving, you can watch your own behavior. You as long as you're behaving uh, between this period of stewardship and a child, you're never going to reach full maturity. And, and let me just say this. Um, in the kingdom, repentance goes a long way. So when I realize I've blown it, when I realize that I have missed it, obedience, go, repentance goes a long way. I haven't managed this the way that you told me to manage it, and I repent. Now we're just going to talk about being a son real quick, and then we're going to come back and pick this up next week. So what's the difference between a son? A son has actually been given ownership, but a son's only desire is to advance his father's agenda. Mm -hmm. And that the son actually has ownership. Jesus actually had ownership, but the only thing he wanted to do was what the father wanted him to do. The son had, as Jesus had more power than the, than the child, more power than the steward, but all he wanted to do. In fact, Jesus said, I only do. I can do yeah. nothing on my, just think about this. Jesus has more power than anybody on earth. And this is what Jesus says. I can do nothing apart from my father. Yeah. I only do what I see the father doing. I only say what I hear the father saying. Next week, I want us to come back and start at this place where we pick up, where we talk about the difference between being a child, a steward, and a son. And we really dig into those points. But understand that if you want to qualify for sonship, what you have to begin to purify and present in your heart is I, I want to use everything you have given me, Father, to advance your agenda. Mm -hmm. I want to you. I thank you for everything you have given me. I thank you for how you have entrusted me with these gifts, with this body, with these talents, with this money, with this whatever. But I want to take all of it to advance your kingdom. So, yes, you've given me power, but I don't want to use the power to build my own kingdom. Mm -hmm. I want to use the power to build your kingdom. Yep. So, yes, I could take my inheritance and go over here and do my own thing. I don't want to. Mm. I've studied you so. I've looked at you so much. I want to take every resource I have that you have entrusted to me. And I want to make what matters to you matter to me and make it everything you wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And a great way we see this in our church is when Pastor Edwin, when God put in his heart to do the scholarship fund, all of the people who identify as sons and daughters of this ministry said, Pastor Edwin has a vision in his heart for scholarship. We want to take all of our influence and all of our resources to make this vision reality. If you aren't approaching God from that perspective, whatever you've given me, I thank you for it, but I want to use it. What do you, I want to use it to make your name great. Mm -hmm. I want to use it to build your kingdom. You're, you're saying, I would never hide my gift because you can use my gift in order to make your kingdom great. I would never steal my, take money from you because you can use that money to make your kingdom great. I want to use everything. That is the heart cry of a son. The heart cry of a son is not I'm grown, I do what I want to do. Right. The heart cry of a son is I want to do my father's agenda. I am so impressed with him. I am so enthralled in love with him. I just want to be where he is and do what he's telling me to do. Amen. Amen. Does this make sense to you guys?
We hope this makes sense to you. We hope that you'll begin to work these things out between you and the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back next week and go back into being a child, being a steward, being a son. And my desire is that you've been provoked today. How many of you have been provoked today that you're like, no, I want to grow up. I do. I, this part in me that's still selfish, this part in me that still wants my own agenda, I want to do it. We laugh about this all the time. Pastor Elwin, we laugh about how he's one of the things he says about him is that he be talking crazy, but he's going to do what the Lord told him to do. We're going to do what the Lord told us to do. And I'm, and I'm not saying it's always been easy. And I'm not saying we don't have moments now. But what has happened for us is that more than we want anything, we want his kingdom done. Mm -hmm. don't, wouldn't you say that? Absolutely. More than, more than we want to live in another city. More than we want certain accolades and to accomplish certain things. We want to take everything we have in order to see his kingdom be advanced. And you can grow into that and you can continue to grow into that because we never arrive in the kingdom. The goal is to become so fully flooded with light that we look like Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. So as we get ready to go, don't forget, uh, you can exercise your ability to be a steward today. Uh, by, sowing in, by sowing into this ministry, there are multiple ways to give. You can give via Tithely. You can give via PushPay or Givelify. You can even text to give. If you just text the number 833-969-0897, or you can give via PayPal uh, by going to uh, focchurchnwa at gmail.com uh, and using PayPal. That's the email link there. Listen, you want to be a sower. Pastor Raph talks about it all the time. Uh, I don't talk about it as much because I believe that once you become a steward, no one has to remind you uh, to do that. Good. But for those who are growing into stewardship, uh, part of the way you grow into stewardship is by stewarding the resources that God has given you. And listen, if you've been a blessing, uh, if, if Fellowship of Champions is the place you come to on Sundays to get the word, it's the place you come to on Wednesday, you join us for prayer. If you say, hey, I'm a partner of this ministry, uh, even if you haven't filled out the official form yet, but you say you are a partner here, then you want to partner with your resources so we can continue to pay all the things that we need to pay to be online, to broadcast and everything else. But more importantly, so that we can sow into the lives of other people. You know, the Bible talks about that if you find someone who's hungry, you don't just pray for them, you feed them first. Well, we're able to feed people, to clothe people, to help people uh, with their rent, to help people with, uh, with medicine and all kinds of things, food, because of the partners of our ministry. And every time we as a ministry do that, you as a partner who's sown into this, you get to receive a harvest off of that. And so I encourage you to do that. I talked about partnership. And if you want to be a partner and you say, you know what, I, I, I do, this is, I consider this to be my church home. Let us know. If you haven't filled out the form, go to the, uh, go to the website, www.focchurch.com. And all you have to do is once you get to the website, you don't even have to put the other part in, just scroll up a little bit and you will see the partnership form right there on the page. Fill that out, send it in. It comes to us. What we'll do is we'll send you a greeting telling you that we thank you for joining us. And we'll also give you access, a link so that you can join our 
Fellowship of Champions virtual Facebook group. It's growing every week. There are people from all over the country there. We're starting to get people there from outside of the country. We have international partners who are there. It's just a wonderful way to go in and share your testimonies and share what's happening. Uh, if you need prayer to let us know so we can be praying for you because uh, Pastor Sean and I, we're not omnipresent, <laughs> uh, omniscient. We don't know everything, but if you need prayer for something, you have to let us know. And that's a great way to do it. So again, you want to give, you can do that. Uh, I encourage you to do it. If you're, if you're, child of God, then you ought to be a tither. So I encourage you, I make that push on you to become a tither. Uh, and then after you become a tither, become a sower. It's not just your tithe, but it's your tithe and your sowing that determines the level of your harvest. So we encourage you to do that. Listen, come back, join us for all of our services on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, rest on Saturday, join us next Sunday morning. Uh, with Pastor Chris and, and Elder Valley. And then we'll be back here picking up, talking about growing into sonship once again. Amen. I love what Tiffany Clay, she said, y'all show enough feed us this word. Here's what I want to say. We want to thank you for being people who are hungry for the word. Mm. We, we thank you guys for being hungry for the word. Indeed. And once again, we're at the end. And so I want to release the blessing over the people who stay. I really, really appreciate. I love seeing the hunger starting to be cultivated in the lives of people where people say, we actually want more. We want to know God. We want to be. Yes, I know sometimes we come and we just, we don't want to be broke anymore. We don't want to be sick anymore. We want to find love, all of that stuff. But there's so much beyond that. And mm. if you put God in first place, you will have that and he will add all of the things. So it does our heart so much joy and so much good to see people who actually want the word. Mm. So for those of you who stayed to the end, we release, we go call it the Strickland blessing, that the same anointing that's on Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, that it would operate in your life and that this week um, you would be able to, I, I want to pray something specific for you this week, that this week that you would have encounters with the spirit of wisdom mm. and with the spirit of knowledge and the spirit yeah. of understanding, yes. the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of understanding, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of understanding. Come on, y'all take that by faith. What's that going to do? The spirit of wisdom shows you what God would do in a situation. The spirit of understanding shows you how to make it work in the earth realm. And the spirit of knowledge gives you the pieces that you don't have. And there are some of you, you need pieces in order to do the thing that God is telling you. And so I pray that this week you will have divine encounters with the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge of understanding and that the pieces will come together for you and you will begin to understand the things that you have not been able to understand mm. the things you have not been able to see the pieces you have not been able to connect that those three spirits they're from the seven spirits of God that those three spirits will begin to lift you up and give you an aerial view of what God is actually doing in you right now so you would be able to walk out the vision so that's the blessing that I release on you this week and so I thank God for it and I believe God for your testimonies. I want to encourage you to take this word and sit before the Lord. Mm. Don't just try to study this word and look it up in the concordance. Sit with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I heard this. Tell me where my sonship is. Tell me where I am on my journey. Talk to me about the things I'm doing well. Talk to me about the things I'm not doing well. And I surrender my heart to you in a new level so you can do the Father's will yes. in me. Amen. 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 And we don't want to take it for granted. If you haven't accepted Jesus as your personal savior, please do, because none of this works if you don't. 
None step of this number works. one, you step be number born. one, you got to be born again. So if you want to give your life to Jesus today, we're going to pray the prayers we end today. And if you were in a backslid state and you're like, man, I need to come home. It's good living over here. You know, that's what the prodigal was doing. He thought it was going to be better away from the father's house, but it wasn't. And so he came home. So we're repeatedly saying, come home. So Father, we pray if you want to give your life to Jesus. I know that Chris and a couple other people, we always pray the prayer of salvation. But if you want to give your life to Jesus, here's the prayer that, prayer that you pray. You just say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I acknowledge that I need a savior. I acknowledge that I have lived in the rebellious kingdom of the devil and I want to come home. I believe that Jesus' blood was shed to give me access to be able to come home. I accept him as my savior and my Lord. I renounce the kingdom of darkness and I choose Jesus as Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We love you guys so much. Send us your testimonies. Hey, if this bless you, we got 74 people left. If this bless you, if this bless you, could you make a post about this on your social media today? And talk, don't you don't have to tag Pastor Ellen and I tag Fellowship of Champions, tag Fellowship of Champions Church and talk about one thing you got from here today. You can use a screenshot of us, a screenshot of yourself, but let people know that this is a church teaching people how to walk in love, live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. Grow up in your sonship because God has so much more for you. Amen. God bless you God guys. Bless have a great week. Amen.